3: One eight seven seven Doc Dali. One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So I love strategy. I love political strategy and talking about it. When I see the Republicans or the Democrats do something wrong, I like to call it out because I, yeah, I've done PR, I've done marketing, and sometimes I wonder what the hell is going on behind the scenes. And when I see PR debacles, I, I, I just wonder why. And I don't like I want to be naive and not think that it's all a conspiracy that Democrats really want Biden to lose or Republicans want Trump in jail. I don't want to think that that's what's going on. I want to be more naive and just think that uh, people are stupid. <laughs> they just don't know how to do PR. So, like, for example, President Biden skipping the Super Bowl interview. He gets millions of people being able to watch him. It's pretty... That's a pretty good ROI in in terms of getting marketing. The Super Bowl is going to be one of the most watched events. And this is the second year in a row where President Biden is going to skip the interview. Now, the aides are saying, yeah, you know, people just want sports. They don't... You know, mind you, I agree in that. I don't really want politics I don't think I want the Super Bowl used, you know, as a political uh, uh, tool. But, you know, from a PR and marketing and political strategist standpoint, you got you you got a captive audience. Anything you want to say, even if it's not politically based, even if you want to just talk about the sport, you got a platform, you got a microphone, go for it not sure what his people are thinking unless it's because of the gaffes I think he misidentified uh uh identified the French president the other day and and you know unless the Democrats think that he will mess something up or they don't want him getting booed but then don't give them an opportunity don't have him say something that will get booed you know have him say something that Everybody can bipartisanly get behind, like something pro football. So I find that move odd. I also don't understand the strategy of the Democrats trying to keep Trump off the ballot as as emphatically as they are. If I was a Democratic strategist, I would say, let the guy run. You're looking scared. I mean, how much are you going to throw at this man? Let If you really think that the Democratic policies and Biden's administration is enough to stand on, let, let, let Trump run against him. Let those two geriatric guys just battle it out. But when somebody says, no, 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 keep him off the ballot, it looks like there's fear. You never want to show fear in politics. You don't want to look afraid of the candidate. If you notice in all of these primaries and all that, you know the candidates are like, "Oh it's, you know, nothing just nothing. Just water off a duck's back. I don't care. Uh, it doesn't make me sweat or tremble. But man, I mean look, we're, we're at the Supreme Court right now arguing. Whether a candidate gets to be on the ballot, a former president gets to be on the ballot. It's, that's, I, that doesn't, it's not a good look for the Democrats. And the more they try to keep him off, it, it doesn't look good for them. If I was a Democratic strategist, and again, if I was a Republican strategist or Democratic strategist, as I've said, there's I, I've i told you guys what I would say, you know, in terms of abortion, in terms of you know football, in terms of uh, bathrooms and schools. You know, uh, there's some common sense things you could do. But if I was a Democrat and, and I get it's it's tricky because you have to double down. Uh, you don't want to look like Biden's policies failed and you ask him to leave. If I was a Democrat, what I would do is I would have Biden. You know, say, look, you know, uh, I, you guys gave me forty plus years of service. All right, we have some amazing people. You know that um, I think deserve to be president, and I'm going to step down. I am going to let them take on Bidenomics. <laughs> this, 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 this is what the Democrats would do. Okay, just I, for some reason, people like Bidenomics. Okay, <laughs> who knows? I want, you know, and I am going to be as an advisor, as a role, but you guys gave me 40 years. Now let's let somebody else come in. And honestly, the Democrats could do probably really, really well in the next election. But instead, they feel like they got to double down on Biden. So it doesn't look like Biden failed. Well, then if you are doubling down, then double down. Say Biden is so good. He could beat anybody. Even Trump. But the more people go after Trump, the more they try to put him in jail and keep him off ballots, the more of a martyr he's becoming. You almost wonder if the Democrats are working for the Republicans. Every time they throw something at him, it makes it makes Trump look even bigger. He is going to with this Nevada caucus probably sore. Look at what happened with the primary now. And 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 he is he is becoming the poster child for anti-democratic ways. And so, uh, you know, every time he says they're coming after me and people say, oh, you're paranoid, you're paranoid, we're seeing them come after him. Don't don't go after Trump. If Trump is really a bad person to run the country, the, the, he won't be voted in. But the Democrats are looking scared. They're looking fearful because it looks like America does want him. That's what I'm getting from the Democrats that they know that Trump has a good chance of winning because people are either pro-Trump or they're anti-Biden. So change the narrative then. You know, for the GOP, you know, the GOP, they have a, a whole PR issue in terms of not being able to get anything passed, you know, having George Santos, you know, make it as far as he did in politics and then removing him. And they you know, they have they have issues of their own, too. You know, but right now, the Democrats are possibly self-sabotaging with what they're doing with Trump. And it's looking bad. And they really should have a different play. The one eight seven seven. They don't go away. Dr. Dahlia Show. Thank you all for tuning in One eight seven seven 877 doc dali one docdali Big thanks to Genesis Communications Network for making the show happen. Big thanks to Jason our producer. Big thanks to you all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on X or Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook The Dr. Dahlia Show. So growing up as a kid, we had these seesaws that probably would break our back because the bell would ring or the teacher would blow the whistle. And if I'm up in the air And the kid I'm seesawing with is on the ground going, oh, I'll get off. You crash to the ground. How many times did we fall off swing sets? How many times did we walk to school alone or walk to the bus stop alone? And the younger generations aren't doing that because parents and families think that there's a lot of things right now that put them at risk. You know, how many times would you let your child go to a white looking truck that might be selling ice cream? The ice cream truck was the ice cream truck. Now, is it a truck? Is it a predator? So it's no doubt that the younger generations are going to be more protected. But it's fascinating. This one article is fascinating. I want to talk about it's from critical financial. It's called 18 school activities that are now too risky, according to parents today. So climbing tall playground structures. Now, The climbing playground structures, the reason why we had those is it taught us how to climb. I think every child needs to know how to climb a tree. Every child needs to know how to be able to evade an animal in the wild or somebody trying to get at them. Does the average child know how to climb? No. Now, I get these these structures... I remember, you know, when I had kids, I was like, well, I better watch them because there's some openings and the child could fall six to eight feet and crack his head. I mean, having children with brain bleeds who die from it, you do start to look at climbing structures differently, but then maybe build them a little differently with more safety measures. But these kids still need to learn how to climb. So I found that to be fascinating. Keep in mind, this article says 18 school activities that are now too risky according to parents. Well, the parents of Generation Alpha are the older millennials or younger Gen X Gen Xs. So that we grew up on this type of stuff, but we're thinking it's too risky. Another thing they bring up is playing dodgeball. Okay. I love dodgeball. I was a dodgeball queen. I was so good at dodging. I love Dodgeball. How amazing a game is that where people throw a ball to knock you out. The problem is is some of these people will throw and it hits your head and it i mean it could give you a concussion. I mean, we all saw the Dodgeball movie that you, you could get yourself pretty hurt, but I love Dodgeball. apparently, Gen Z, according to this article sees it as a recipe for bruises, egos, so it's a psychological thing. When you're out, when you get out, and you have to go and sit on the sideline, see, for me, that was a lesson of, okay, root your team. You're out, but go and help your team. Well, I I mean, how many times are we in the Olympics, and, sorry, how many times are we in the Olympics, and we lose, but we have to root for our teammates? I mean, I... Now, that's that's what the exercise is in that. Now, this one is fascinating. Doing their own science experiments. My uncle, who died of leukemia when he was only 13, had a science kit from the 1950s. And I loved science experiments and science kits. I thought that was really, really cool. I was a dork, I know, but I love that stuff. What they got to do right in the 1950s compared to what we do now... When you look at a science kit, there's hardly anything in there. You can't make chemicals. You don't get to learn about. There was a book. It taught you. It it showed you how to do structured experiments. Now his leukemia was not from the chemistry kit. We think he got the leukemia from the nuclear testing that was done in the Southwest United States. But uh, you know the the science experiments. People think that some of these science experiments without the safety goggles, without not good. One thing that I had growing up in Phoenix, Arizona were very hot slides. So there'd be a playground and there would be a metal slide because slides were made of metal. They didn't have plastic back then, or they didn't maybe they were trying to protect the environment. Well, I knew early on to test the temperature of the slide with the back of your hand or your elbow. If it's too hot, you don't go on the slide. Just takes you once to know that. The slide's hot. It's 120 degrees outside. Apparently, people think it's too risky. Just don't do that. Now, I tell you what is a worry: are the spiders, the black widows. I don't worry about the heat because I think everybody should know that. That's common sense. But there's black widows and spiders that hide under some of these sets. That's what I would be concerned about. So, I mean, you, you, you know, I, I, I'll rough and tough it with the kids. But whoa, there's a spider. All bets off. Woodworking. When I went to school, the girls had to do home ec and the boys got to do shop. Yeah, you, know, you talk about identity. If, if honestly, if you would have asked me, would I rather identify as a boy so I could play more sports and do wood shop? And the shop teacher was hot. He was gorgeous, as tall, blonde, kind of looked like Beau Duke. I just, I yeah, I, nope. I, yeah, I had to be a girl, so I had to do home ec. And the girls were mean in home ec. They were so mean to me. Uh, yeah, I would have rather hung out with the boys. I'm a cisgender female, but man, I trust me, the boys got to do cooler stuff. But woodworking and shop, apparently, there's so many things that are dangerous now that that's starting to go away. Walking to school alone, I'm mixed on that because if I didn't have an older sibling, you know, if I didn't have younger siblings to watch, you know, unfortunately, with trafficking like it is right now, and there were always predators, there were always uh child abductors, but now, I mean, th- th- there's multi-billion dollar businesses with this. I would not let my child walk to school alone. It's just not worth it. However, what did we learn when we walked to school alone? Well, we learned, right, never walk in an alley. You walk against the traffic. You bike with the traffic, but you walk against the traffic. I mean, that you don't learn that until driver's ed, but when you... When you're young, you know that. Not talk to a stranger. Know exactly which houses. I mean, I would know which houses on the way I could go to if I had to run somewhere. You had a plan. The average kid now is in La La Land. You know, us kids who had to walk home or walk from a long bus stop, you know, or had to walk to school. We knew that that bad things could happen. And so we were, you know, we, we would plan for it. We had a plan. Well, I, I miss that. I don't want kids walking to school alone. But, you know, you, you were scared as a kid, so you had a plan. Not to mention, how do you get away from the bullies? You know, we we would, you know, we would strategize. Running barefoot, we don't do anymore because of, uh you know, getting things in your feet and splinters and all that. You know, but um, I've seen studies where if you run barefoot, it's actually healthier for you on the beach than running in certain shoes. So that's a fascinating concept that needs to be revisited. Um, dissecting animals as a um, bio major, and uh, you know, being able to dissect animals was a um, very humble gift. That that we, we we understood that you know animals had died for us to learn, and you know it was it was definitely uh, solemn. But what we learned. With dissections, what we learned with those who donated their bodies as cadavers was um irreplaceable. And so you know the when you are the average child is not near a dead animal. The average child doesn't know how to respect a dead animal. The average child doesn't know how to um, understand you know to, to be able to understand and feel. You, you can read a book. But to me, I learned a lot from my dissections. And still, the care I give patients comes from my training with dissecting animals as a kid. So I'm mixed on that because we don't want animals to die just for third graders to dissect it, you know, and make jokes about their liver. But, or make middle fingers and stuff with, but, but, you know, the, the learning that happens, you know, is, is something that, you know, grows into a love of animals, into a love of science, so I'm not sure where we go with that. That's always a little tricky. Other things we don't do anymore is snowball fights during recess. Now I live in the desert. But snowball fights, I mean, that's just that was just a part of growing up. If you lived in the snow, you'd have a snowball fight. It was exercise. It was fun. Apparently people think it's too dangerous. You're breaking glasses. You're hurting eyes. Red Rover. Red Rover, Red Rover. Send Dolly right over. And I would find two little three-year-olds to go because you had to run and break through their arms. I don't know how much it hurt the little kids, but Red Rover games you don't see anymore. I remember playing Butts Up. Um, They don't use um, also something you don't see. You don't see the dark rooms for photography because the chemicals as much. You don't see overhead projectors because somebody would always throw it. Glass thermometers you don't see. You don't see the erasers or the chalk. We don't do not do paper mache anymore. Uh, you know, so it's kind of fascinating how things have changed, but, you know, I understand once somebody gets hurt, there's lawsuits, so you have to change the way you do things, but there's a lot of other things we learned with each of those activities. one Doc Dolly, don't go away.
9: USA News Update. President Joe Biden skipping a Super Bowl interview for the second year in a row. It could be because of some embarrassing gaffes he's made lately. Telling a story this week about having a conversation with Francois Mitterrand. He was a French president, but he died in 1996. Donald Trump not expected to be in court today when the U.S. Supreme Court hears arguments over Colorado's decision to remove the former president from the ballot because of the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist clause. Five U.S. Marines who are on a training flight in Southern California have been confirmed dead. Their helicopter found in a mountainous region about 30 miles east of San Diego, first responders working to recover the remains of each of those Marines. Corey Myers, USA News.
10: That's
1: 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTee.com. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated.
3: Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven Doc Dali. One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So one thing I've been very very concerned about with people is how they quickly turn on others. When I saw people call the police for somebody not wearing a mask during COVID, or assembling in a parking lot. Even though they were social distancing, somebody called the police when they saw a bunch of people that were getting ready to reopen after the lockdown assemble, you know, in a nice open area. Uh, humans will call the police on other humans. Whatever happened during Nazi Germany wasn't just in the past when things were black and white. It's it, it, We see it today. And one thing that I have been concerned about are the... Um, fat taxes and fat discrimination and you did this to yourself so I don't have to pay for it sort of attitude and they're coming. So when we spoke about yesterday how Finnair, which is a Finland, Finnish air uh, airline, that is going to be weighing their passengers before takeoff, there have been people urging that... Heavier people pay more, hence a fat tax. I've heard it in America when it came to fuel taxes, when it came to um seats, uh, and and um, um, shall we uh, you know, the as flights went up and seats got smaller, people want to blame somebody. I'm hearing Americans talk about it in terms of the. Medicaid and Obamacare subsidies, and and in terms of health care uh, and welfare, that if somebody's overweight and they're disabled because they did it to themselves, quote-unquote, they're responsible, why should I be? And it's uh, it's not an easy conversation, because I, I will never, ever, you know, uh, condone any sort of discrimination. Understanding that many people who are obese, you know, have... Uh, have conditions that are beyond their control. And uh, not everybody can be a size two and have phenomenal metabolism. But it is a conversation that is begging to be had in terms of who has to pay for other people's choices. So if somebody chooses to smoke, although again, I think our military, you know, for those men and women you know, who suffered in Korea, World War II, Vietnam, Persian Gulf War, and if they got them, smoked them, you know, to get through their tour of duties, it, that, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, they could smoke as long as they want. I, you know, they're, they serve their country if that's what they want to do, as long as it doesn't hurt other people. You know, but, you know, people say, look, if somebody is overdosing on drugs, Why should my tax dollars go to their Narcan? Why should my tax dollars go to their medical care? If somebody is smoking, why should I pay for their CAT scans and for their lung cancer treatment? If somebody is eating junk food, why should I pay for their obesity and their heart disease? And so it's not a conversation that will go away. And so how how do we discuss that? How do we, you know... I mean, what we've been doing now, which I'm comfortable with, you have a kid that doesn't wear a helmet, and he's on a motorcycle, and he gets into an accident, and he suffers severe trauma. Full court press. We're going to save that kid. You know, there's there's a lot of people do stupid. But we don't sit there and go, we're not going to save the kid. The kid chose not to wear a helmet. It's his decision. Well, a lot of us make decisions that you might not agree with. Some of us marry somebody who decides to turn around and beat us or shoot us or stab us. Some of us might go on a date with somebody who decides to rape us. Some of us might choose a car that has a battery that can ignite. I mean, we all, you can say with any health decision that it was our fault. Well, Dr. Dahlia, your family in the 1950s chose to live not in polluted cities, but in cities where there were nuclear testing. They didn't know about the nuclear risks. So, you know, somebody having leukemia, really, was it their fault? Throat cancer. Well, you should have never had oral sex and gotten exposed to HPV. So you can almost, with any disease, find culpability. Now you knew your parents were diabetic. Why didn't you eat better? Why didn't you go on medications as a pre-diabetic? Now your diabetes is frothing and now we got to pay for your kidney treatment. You know, a migrant, you chose to come to our country. You were supposed to stay in your country. Why do we pay? So it's a difficult uh, discussion to have because anybody could find any reason to find fault. Now, maybe what we need to do is reevaluate how we're paying for everybody else. And maybe the reason why we're having this discussion is there's not enough tax dollars. You know, if the money was flowing, and we had plenty of tax dollars and enough, you know, resources to help you know, everybody, people would not be complaining. But now that it's a fight to figure out what to do, we got people who are homeless. We have our veterans who have no jobs, medical issues. We have homeless populations that could be spreading illness and are getting sicker. We have migrants and we don't know where to go. Well, now people are saying, okay, uh, let's start to look at what we're spending our money on. And let's trim the fat. And unfortunately, when I start to hear fat taxes, where a passenger should pay a fat tax fee relative to their weight, whoa. Now, I heard a doctor say, but look, Maybe that'll get people to lose weight. It got people to quit smoking. If they had to pay more to smoke, they quit smoking. When soda pop cost more, people didn't buy soda pop. I I yes, I do think maybe in theory there could be a look I you know, I'd have to pay more, but what I really see happening is people saying I'm not going to fly. I'm going to isolate. You know, um, we really have a problem where we have many individuals who could work, not working, and not putting in tax dollars. We have people that could exercise and not exercising. By the way, if you go to work, you could lose weight. I know I see you know, one, one thing we'd recommend when somebody has a worker's comp injury is to get to work as soon as possible because the longer they stay home, the harder it is to overcome some of their disabilities. And so we try to get people back to work, and we notice their function improves. But if you're not working, and you're staying home, and you're not exercising and getting up, and you're around food, yes, you could gain weight. That's why so many people gained weight during the COVID pandemic. And so I just wonder if maybe, rather than the discrimination that people are calling for, that we instead have some honest conversations And we say, look, if you have the ability to work, Social Security used to be like this. If you could hold a phone, you could work as a telephone operator. If you could sit, then you could be a supervisor. You could do customer service while sitting. And Social Security used to say, if you could do any gainful employment, you can't be on disability. But now we have so many people on disability that don't have disabilities. We have people that do have disabilities, but we have many people that don't. Like, I still don't understand why the Tsarnaev brothers who did the Boston Marathon bombing, why they were getting welfare. What the hell is that? They were pretty strapping young men. And so I think that needs to be looked at. If you are able to work, you got to work. One eight seven seven Doc dock
2: says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there.
6: are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA.
3: Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven 877 Dali. one docdali Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, The Dr. Dahlia Show. Uh, so in the next hour, we'll give you guys a little bit more information. It looks like the Supreme Court um, it does not, uh, we don't have any um, obvious ruling now, but based on the questionings and how some of the liberal justices were looking at some of the questions posed, Um, in terms of not keeping Trump on the ballot. It doesn't look like uh, the Supreme Court is going to side with Colorado. Just a guess. Um, uh, It's, uh, uh, as I've said before, I think um, any Democratic strategist would say, stop this with what you guys are doing with Trump. Let him be on the ballot because the more you try to keep him off the ballot, the more you look fearful of him winning. And one thing that politics do Uh, very, very well, politicians do, is, look, I'm not going to be rattled by the other side. And so the Democrats are looking rattled by these attempts to not even let an American citizen vote for who they want. And you saw in Nevada with the the primary that none of these candidates, if somebody was not on the primary ballot, not by um, the fault of Nevada legislators, there was a, we had both a primary and today we have a caucus. And Trump decided to go with the caucus in terms of having his name on that. Uh, Nikki Haley decided to go with the primary. But you saw what voters did. Voters picked none of the candidates. And we'll see what happens today with the caucus, which we're expecting to be a resoundingly. Um, a positive vote for Trump. Uh, you know, as I as I've I've always said, if an American voter wants to vote for somebody, you let them have that. It's a democracy. We're a republic. We're a representative democracy. We should be able to ask who we want to represent us. At least get that option to vote for that person. So seeing a state say, look, you know. I know Hillary Clinton said, not my president, but Trump had a bigger rally and January 6th happened as a result of him saying, you know, that he doesn't trust, uh, you know, who the president is. Uh, You know, it's if if the voters feel that way, then the voters won't vote him in. But America does have a right to choose who they want on the ballot uh, as long as it is within the constitutional requirements, like age, uh, citizenship, etc. Now, many of you, let's switch here to Medigap versus Medicare Advantage. Uh, some of you uh, are now Medicare age, or you are on Medicare because of a certain health condition. And I've been asked, what is the difference between Medigap and Medicare Advantage? So basically, what they both what both do is they cover what Medicare doesn't, which to me I think is ridiculous in and of itself. You have Medicare Part A, B, D. You I just I mean either cover the stuff or not. For people to have Medicare and then pay extra, it it just but that's what happens when the government gets involved with insurance. You get a bare-bones skeleton, and if you want X-ray, you have to pay for it. So original Medicare, type A, is your hospital. It covers inpatient hospital stays, skilled nursing facility care, hospice care, up to a certain extent, and some home health care services. Medicare Part B is your outpatient. Your doctor visits, preventative medical equipment like wheelchairs, walkers. You're supposed to be able to see any doctor that participates in any of the states. Uh, And so Part A and B are your original Medicare. If you want your prescriptions covered, you need Part D. Why that wouldn't be covered under original Medicare, I don't know. So Part C is known as Medicare Advantage Plans. They're kind of like an employer-based health insurance plan where they're through private insurers like United or Cigna. or And the federal government mandates that a Medicare Advantage plan, which is known as Part C, has to also cover Part A and Part B. And many Medicare Advantage plans cover D, prescription drugs. They may cover vision, dental services. But they limit care to those medical providers who are in-network. So if you have somebody, if you have a doctor, but that doctor doesn't take United Medicare Advantage or Cigna Medicare Advantage, then you might not be able to see that doctor. Medicare, you're supposed to be able to go anywhere, but with the Advantage plans, they have to still be a in-person provider. Although, also, your doctor with Medicare has to be a Medicare provider. So Medigap, those could be labeled anywhere from A through N. And so they are sold by private insurers, regulated by federal and state laws, but they have to still offer certain benefits. Um, but they, you can't just buy Medigap. It's it's a gap to cover the gaps in Medicare. They still might not cover 100% of all expenses that Medicare Part A and B do not cover. But it might minimize some of your deductible, like your hospital deductible. It might minimize... Some of your drugs. Sometimes um, sometimes Medigap won't cover certain drugs, so it's very confusing. So there's a table, and let me give credit where credit is due, that U.S. News and Health Report have, where your um, original Medicare, right? If it you know if you have co-pays or coinsurance, Medicare Advantage may pay 20% after a deductible, let's say for part D. Medicare With Medigap, I cover it all, or it may just cover a little bit. In terms of your network, your Medigap might be limited. Your Medicare Advantage, it has to be a doctor that takes that. In terms of deductible, there could be certain deductibles in terms of drug coverage. Um, You know, the cost differences, you know, they say that you really need to look at and understand that your beneficiaries and your spouse might not be covered. And so you have to understand, like for Medigap, you have to pay your Part A, your Part B premiums, plus the premium charge for your Medigap. Same thing with your Medicare Advantage. And there there are differences that each have, so you need to really read the fine lines of what it covers. You know, in terms of being eligible for either... As you know, Medicare is for those over sixty-five or those who have a disability. Um, if you have end-stage renal disease, if you have uh, chronic conditions, you know, like ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. But you need to sit down with your doctor, somebody who hopefully you could have and you could trust that actually knows the ins and outs. Uh, there's many providers. See me. I knew exactly what was what people were paying. And but because I saw the EOBs, many doctors now they get hired and they just never see that part. And so if they aren't getting these updates, guys, you know, Medicare's not paying for this. Medicaid's not paying for this. The gap covers this. This doesn't cover that. You know, well, doctors do need to be aware of what your insurance is so they understand they don't. You know, if, if there's a drug that they want you to have, but your plan will only cover generics, you know, and they really want this other drug covered, they're going to have to then do a prior off. They're going to have to try to ask for it to get covered. So depending on your referrals, your premiums, your out-of-pocket limits, et cetera, um, I would definitely do your research. Uh, I've, I haven't had a lot of patients with Medigap. I've had patients with Medicare Advantage, and they were really, really happy. But mind you, those were also patients before Obamacare. So I, I've noticed that Medicare over the years is paying for less. When I had patients who had pre-op physicals and the x-ray, the chest x-ray wasn't covered, and the Medicare patients are like, well, then don't do the x-ray. It's not covered. I go, but the surgeon won't do the surgery. What do we do? You know, th- those are things that are concerning. And, and you know, I, I'm appreciative that these companies have Medigap and Advantage, but I, honestly... I don't think the average senior needs to be overwhelmed with all these semantics. Just cover the stuff and let it just be one plan. 1877 doc dolly don't go away.